Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer Podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sevier. We come together weekly from Kent and Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. And this week, we're responding to a question about how to overcome the fear of driving a car. Hey, Ananga. Hey, Shan. It's good to be with you again, talking about something that's been coming up quite a bit. And the question that came in was, I'm a new driver and would love to hear about tips for calming anxiety before driving, as well as what to do if you start to feel panicked while driving, which is timely, I will say, as my daughter is learning to drive right now. So with her permission, I'll be sharing some feedback from Marin as we talk about this topic today. Yeah, that's great. It's it's great to have feedback from somebody that's in the same situation. As we've discussed before, anxiety is usually a vata concern, according to Ayurveda, and anything new, learning new things, doing new things, change, moving around, all of those things can peak vata and and add to anxiety. So lots of practical things you can do to help this. That's for sure. And as exciting as it can be to get a driver's license for the first time, the thought of getting on the road can be pretty terrifying for some people, especially new drivers. And the fear of driving is also a big concern for a lot of our listeners who suffer with anxiety. It may be the fear of driving on your own, whether it be for the first time or or every time, to being a passenger in a vehicle with somebody else who's driving due to a sense of feeling like you're out of control, which I can also speak to that. <laughs> so let's let's start today, if it's okay with you. I'd, I'd like to just share some personal behind the scenes stories about driving. Oh yeah. And then and then we can go into the the what to do spaces of of how to really support yourself if you do need to be driving in the world. Yeah, sure. So my story is that I actually enjoy driving very much, but I do not like to be a passenger. And sometimes longer road trips for me might be a little bit of a challenge, but only because I don't do them as much as I used to. And so I've noticed in the past year or so, I've done more long distance driving and it's become easier and easier just because I'm doing it more. But being a passenger is another thing for me, Ananga. My husband is a great driver, very safe driver, but he also logs thousands and thousands of miles every year in his car. So he's much more assertive than I am. And I often have like that, you know, that fear reflex where a little baby, if you're laying the baby down and their little arm, their arms come up, Yeah, you know, that automatic thing because they start to reflex. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That, um, that will happen if I see, uh, uh, let's say, you know, brake lights coming on, but, but he isn't slowing down mm-hmm. or what I call the, oh shit handle on the side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> when we're going around curves and stuff, my hand automatically goes up to grab that. And it's not a rational thing, I guess is my point. I know that I'm safe driving with my husband. It's that I don't like the sensations that sometimes will go through my body when we're going through those curves or when I feel like he should be slowing down because I'm seeing something that obviously he sees too. He's just responding to it differently than I would. So I really work on that 
to the best of my ability so that we don't have a whole lot of arguments in the car. He pretty much just kind of shakes his head and keeps driving. And I try to be as quiet as quiet as I can be. <laughs> and that's not always possible. So in my daughter's case, she's a brand new driver. And she doesn't like driving. She, she tells me, I hate it. The weight of the responsibility in her mind is so huge. The chance that she could hurt someone. And she doesn't even really talk about herself. She talks about hurting someone else and how, uh, how much anxiety she feels with the constant changing roadways and drivers who might be aggressive or tailgate and how she is often worried about what is happening behind her, the, the vehicles that are behind her, the pressure of somebody behind her. You know, like, is she moving fast enough? Should she be doing something different? Why are they so close? That kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So we've talked at, at great length about her choices because where we live, she needs to be able to drive or she needs to use public transportation. And right now she's chosen to use the bus system, to use the public transportation to get back and forth to school. and. She's continuing to drive a little bit here and there, but mostly she just really feels like, well, maybe, maybe I'll drive. Maybe I won't drive. Maybe I'll live in a more urban area. Cause that was the thing is either public transportation in an urban area or really practicing and getting behind the wheel and doing your best and, and joining the ranks of drivers who drive every day. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about the things that she can do. And I have only recently allowed myself to be a passenger while my daughter's driving because of my control issues, right? <laughs> so my husband is normally in the right seat and we, we were driving and, and she got pretty freaked out. And it was because we were at an intersection. She was going to turn right. And I, and I mentioned that it'd probably be a good idea to let a car pass because it was going much faster than what she thought based on the, the curve of the road and, and whatever. It's just wait one more. But there are cars coming up behind me. And I'm really, un, you know, like, I hate this. And she started to, you know, that thing that we do where we shallow breathe or stop breathing. And I had to just kind of snap her out of it and say, you know, stop, take a deep breath, and let's focus what's in front of you. As soon as this car passes, you can turn right. And she did. And she said, you know, I just, oh, I just don't like the way that feels. I just don't like all these cars coming up behind me. And so we talked about the things you can do. Certainly taking a deep breath, uh, focusing on what's in front of you instead of what's behind you, and pulling over in a safe way as, as soon as you possibly can if you really need, like, you feel like you really need to take a break. But in this particular instance, what I found to be the most telling was what was going on behind us, you know, and, and to really share with her that, yeah, it's good to be mindful of what's happening all around you and behind you when you're driving. But the most important thing is to keep your eyes forward and to focus on the path ahead of you. Because if you, even if you're going too slow for some, they'll pass you. You know, even if you're a little bit confused about where you might be turning or what, whatever, you'll catch up with yourself and you'll use your indicator and you'll turn. You just really need to be in your own bubble, mm. focused on staying as calm as you can, 
and as focused on what's ahead of you. And that conversation, I think, helped her to a degree. But there's just a different state of mind for some of these young people these days, totally different than when I was growing up. I was like ready to drive a car, give me my brand new car. I was driving far younger than when I had a license and wanted that freedom. And for my daughter and for many of her friends, they just don't really care if they drive or not. So it's, it's been an interesting experience thus far. And my daughter's actually a very good driver, very safe, very conscientious. I think she's going to do just fine. And this leads me to you know, our conversation about what to do. If, you, if you're a new driver and you're feeling the way that my daughter is, you just don't really like it. Or if you've been driving a long time and you just feel anxious behind, behind the wheel because of all of the things that we've talked about. We've got some some ideas that will help you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as I'm hearing you talk, what, what comes first to my mind is building resilience as in all areas of anxiety. And you're saying about being peaceful in your own bubble. And I think that is resilience, personal trust, personal groundedness, and being less affected by others around you and their expectations of what we should do. It's an awful feeling when you have drivers behind you and you feel that they're making judgments about you or for Mm -hmm. you. And the more we have that vata body type that we talk about in Ayurveda, the more susceptible we are to that. So always things we can do for core self-care to reduce general anxiety, get that general anxiety down. That goes into everything we do, job interviews, travel, meetings, presentations, driving. It's just another one of those areas where to really look broad and and deep, good nutrition, good rest, good self-care. Driving requires us to be alert, but also to a degree relaxed. It's like a relaxed awareness, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Good peripheral vision, good knowledge of everything that's going on around you. The more we feel grounded in ourselves, the less we're affected by the expectations of those behind and around us. I think there is a genuine situation where there's more speed and more volume of traffic on the roads these days. And I often think of young people getting up to pace with that. And I I think it's certainly more intense than when I learned to drive. But anything we can do for increasing self-care, increasing confidence, uh, learning some practical skills for the specifics of our concerns around driving, looking to identify what specifically we fear, because it's not the same. For everyone, some might be more concerned about what's going on behind them, as in Marin's case. Others might, may just find it generally overwhelming. They might not like junctions or roundabouts or night driving. Every autumn season, I have to readjust to night driving. I'm not used to those headlights coming towards me. I enjoy summer driving where it's light in the evenings, and every year I have to readjust to that dazzling glare of of lights coming towards me. So whatever it is specifically that we need to support ourselves with, that's the first step is is getting down to the specifics. What is it in particular that you don't like about the experience? And then how to get support for that. And you might like to get some paper and and jot down your thoughts. Mm. Get really, really clear about what it is that you don't enjoy. I'm with you, Ananga. I don't really enjoy driving at night where I live is a pretty rural area. So there's not a lot of traffic at night, but the one main road that takes me into Traverse City is is pretty busy. And, you know, especially 
when it's getting dark here at you know 5 36 p.m and people are coming and going from work and that's that's just a part of it that i don't like so that would go down on my list mm-hmm. by writing this stuff down you can start to use eft tapping to diffuse your fears and to help you feel more calm and confident on the road and there's some example setup statements that we have in our show notes and that i'll share with you now as well even though i'm afraid to hurt myself or someone else I love and accept myself. Even though I feel anxious before driving, I love and accept myself. Even though I struggle driving in lots of traffic, I love and accept myself. Plus, you can tap for your loved ones. And this is something that Ananga taught me a a while ago, and I've been recently tapping for Marin and her Mm -hmm. discomfort. And, you know, the, the jury's still out as far as whether that's helping her or not, but it's certainly helping me to be more available and more calm in in supporting her. Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how tapping for somebody else can help. Tapping is so versatile, the ways in which we can use it. And when we tap for ourselves, tapping on the meridian points in the sequence, and I should mention that if you'd like to look at those points, if you're not familiar with them, you can find them on our website at anxietyslayer.com forward slash EFT. There's a diagram there of the tapping points. When we tap on our own bodies, using, using tapping on our own system for somebody else, I think it's a remarkable expression of empathy. And as you said, Shania, the first thing it does is it gets us out of the way and puts us in that compassionate state of mind for somebody else. So very often when somebody comes to us with an anxiety they have, it will trigger something in us and we will respond from ourselves. So tapping puts that aside. It puts us aside and puts us in a compassionate frame of mind for somebody else. And it sends positive intention for helping them get through the issue that's concerning them. People have tapped on their own meridian points for concern about young children, for pets, for phobias in others. Because the underlying principle of EFT tapping is that it works on the energy system of the body, the meridian system of the body. So it's working on that subtle level. And that's a level where we all interconnect more readily. So we're tapping on our own energy system, sending good intention for somebody else, which is always a good thing to do. But there are reports of quite remarkable breakthroughs in that area. Uh, In my own life, when tapping on myself or others, Sometimes it's been others who are in a different area. They may be in a different country. It's just a way of really feeling that you're sitting with them and and doing something for them, sending some intention, some healing intention for them. It's a nice thing to be able to do, but many have reported that it's it's helpful. Well, I'm going to keep it up, that's for sure, because I realize that as parents, our children watch us drive and they watch us as passengers. And it occurred to me that some of what Marin is experiencing might not even be hers. It might be yeah. uh, mine. It might be Tom's. It might be, it might be something else. And so if I can clear my own stuff and, and then help and, and be more supportive of her, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's where you've got that two-sided benefit, double benefit mm-hmm. of tapping You know, getting clear is getting yourself out of the way, putting your own issues to rest so that you're fully available 
and particularly with our children, that's a wonderful thing to do. I remember my daughter about five years ago coming to me with something quite intense and it triggered me. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, how do I support her? And I feel really triggered. I could feel anxiety building in my body and I didn't want her to see in my face a reflection of anxiety. I wanted her to see me calm, open, receptive and ready to support. So I heard her carefully as I could. And then I took myself off and, and did some tapping to clear my own thoughts and my own triggers so that I was able to show up for her. If you think about the interactions we have with others, when we share our concerns with others, sometimes people will just give a rebuff or, well, it isn't like that for me. And that's not a good feeling. Yeah. Or people are triggered. I mean, when I had a heavy health diagnosis a few years ago, I was a walking trigger for people. (laughs) I would see people avoid me or step back from me because I had a diagnosis that people were nervous of. My God, I'm a trigger on legs here. And that's very isolating. Right. I had my support and I was okay, but it was interesting for me to observe. Some people would literally hug me and push me away. Pull me in and hug me, push me away by my shoulders, Mm. keeping me at arm's length because of their own anxiety. Their own stuff, sure. So EFT gives us the opportunity to put our own stuff to rest, which is always good when we feel triggered. It's a good thing to do. It's a good self-care move. But it gives us the opportunity to engage with more presence and deeper connection and deeper empathy. Mm. And I don't think we can ever underestimate the value of doing that for somebody, for any somebody particularly, those that are in our care and need our support. Mm, I agree fully. When we come back, we'll share more tips to help you feel more comfortable while driving. You can find out exactly how to calm your fear of driving in our Overcome Your Fear of Driving mini course, which is available on our Patreon. This is where we include a tapping demonstration that you can follow and tap along with to help you get started quickly and easily in overcoming your anxiety about driving. Get the driving course now by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer. Before the break, we were talking about how we can tap for others, tap for our loved ones who might be suffering a a fear of driving. And and, uh, I'd like to talk about more tips that can help if you're a new driver or if you're a driver who just really doesn't enjoy getting behind the wheel. And the very first thing is to get more practice driving. As as much as that seems counterintuitive for somebody who's afraid to drive, driving is one of the only ways to get beyond your fear. You simply have to practice. Even if you start with short trips, short loops of travel, and then expanding them as you get a little bit more comfortable. One of the things that, that we've done is, is started with, with a new driver in rural areas and then doing a little bit more in the city and a little bit more and then just little by little increasing the activity because certainly it's much busier in the city than it is out in the country. But it's again, it's, it might be only an, an extra mile or an extra five minutes of, of activity and then you're done. Go at your pace, but absolutely get more practice driving. Anytime you make a journey, no matter how small, note 
this triumph down. Make sure you sit and breathe in that you actually did it and give yourself a high five for getting more experience on the road. Every time you get behind the wheel, you get more experience and and that's going to help you. Yeah, this is really important. The tendency of the mind when we achieve something is to say, oh, it's just a small thing or I didn't do it as well as somebody else. Or, but what about this? We go on to the next thing we have to face. So important and a big part of building resilience is to note those baby steps, single steps. We can only fix one thing at a time. So have it, own it, breathe it in, tap it in. You can tap for, even though I was terrified of that junction today, I did it. And just tap the points through. I did it. I got through the junction. You know, tap it in. Tap the positives in. EFT tapping isn't all about tapping down negatives. There's so, so many ways you can use it. And leaning in to challenges with driving, like driving at night, conquering busy junctions, it helps us expand into the experience. As you said, Shan, practicing, challenging ourselves and stretching just a little bit and building that experience. Otherwise, what tends to happen with anxiety is it shrinks us into avoidance. Anxiety will shrink us in and it will have us backed up against the wall. So we need to just lean forward. If we need to go with a friend, that's fine. Say we need to do a journey and it's busy. There's a junction we don't like. Uh, Where I live, there's a particular roundabout. I do not like it at all. It's very fast. It's very aggressive. But I make myself do it. And the first time I did it was such an unpleasant experience. <laughs> I just pulled mm-hmm. over and tapped. Because like, I didn't like that. And I've got to do this. <laughs> I've got to do this regularly. You know? So I just pulled the car over on the side of the road and tapped through. And that was something also that came up in our listener question here is what to do if you start to feel panicked while driving? Pull over and tap if you can. Take some deep breaths. Steady yourself to continue acknowledging that you're doing the best you can. Sometimes driving is challenging for everyone. There's a lot happening at high speed. But to definitely do all we can to lean in, lean into challenges and certainly get more practice and acknowledge your success. I remember when I first learned to drive, my father drove for a living. So like Marin's father, he blocked up a lot of miles, a lot of mileage driving in all kinds of conditions. So when I learned to drive, He would take me out for extra lessons in the evening. He would take me out in the ice, in the dark, in fog. As soon as there was some adverse weather condition, he's like, right, let's get in the car. (laughs) And he would uh, take me out and get me used to those things. Also driving on motorways, he would get me to drive at high speeds. So all those extra things really helped. And as you said, it's all part of building confidence and getting more practice, building experience, and it gets easier. Right. And some other tips for being more comfortable behind the wheel, look and plan ahead. Anytime I'm taking a a trip to somewhere I haven't been before, I'll use online maps. I'll look ahead for places to park, um, places to, you know, visit for lunch, rest stops, you know, whatever it might be to have a real good idea of where I'm headed and what my options are. I gather as much intel as I can to make the journey really easy. And this is something that we just did a couple of weeks ago. We were headed down to Grand Rapids and we were staying in the city and we were going to a, a hotel we hadn't been to before. And parking was, uh, you know, either valet parking or park yourself. And there was a lot of activity going on, but I had it all figured out in advance. 
at least I knew what to look for. I, I knew what the options were. And then we could make those decisions and choices along the way. And for us, when we drive, we have rest stops along the way, uh, you know, every 30 miles or so on the highway. So you always have a, a, plan, a chance to pull over, stretch your legs, use the bathroom, get some fresh air, uh, and then get back in the car and, and, and finish your journey. This is an important thing to look and plan ahead, but also please allow for extra time when you travel. Feeling rushed and pressured is only going to increase stress and anxiety. You don't want to be in a rush. You don't want to compress your anxiety with expectations and thoughts of I should do this or that or, you know, all of these things just cause more anxiety. It causes to expand, to escalate, to make you feel worse. But allowing time to just do what needs to be done with plenty of time, being gentle with yourself, keeping everything just nice and cool and calm. I used to tease my grandma and uh, and now my mom. Uh, they would leave for church so early. They had, I don't know, it probably only take them 10 minutes to get there. And that would be in a, in a comfortable amount of time, just kind of taking your time. But they would leave a half an hour ahead. And just as they got older, wanted to have more and more and more time. Well, I realize they're driving a little bit slower. They're a little bit more uncomfortable on the road than they used to be because they don't drive as much as they did, once did. Um, God forbid they're late for church, you know, all those things. And now I can kind of say tongue in cheek and, and laugh a little bit about it. But what they've done is they've given themselves a big cushion of time so that they don't get themselves frazzled before they go and worship. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of things to share before we close for the day, make a driving care kit. We've talked about this before, but it's really important that you have some things available to you in your car while you're traveling. A bottle of water or your favorite tea. Have something to drink in the car at all times. Lavender oil is a wonderful essential oil to carry. Um, I have this little car freshener that you take the little disc out. It's a little disc of felt and you put a couple drops of essential oil and then you put it back in the little holder. And then as the air comes through the vehicle, through the vents, um, the car is nicely scented with lavender. That's just something that I do. But you can just put it on your wrists and um, at the center of your chest if you like. We often talk about rescue remedy, the spray or the pastilles. And there's also another remedy that you can consider as well. And it's the elm remedy, which is uh, helpful for, for when you feel like driving is just all too much, overwhelming and too much to deal with. Just a small kit. This is something can be in your glove box. And the driving care kit is something that just takes minutes to prepare and to have with you. Yeah. And then as we're talking about uh, avoiding or supporting yourself if you start to feel really stressed while driving. There's some breathing practices that you can do while you're driving. The long exhale that we've talked about many, many, many times will help you feel calm. And that's just breathing in to count to four, holding it for another count or two, and then exhaling as long as you can to a count of seven or eight, whatever's comfortable for you. 
that long exhale will, boy, just a few rounds of that will help you feel more calm and relaxed. Uh, belly breathing is also really good for helping. And both can be done while you're driving. Just taking a nice deep, deep breath from your belly and repeating that for several rounds of your breath. We have a few more tips before we close. You want to share those, Ananga? Yeah, I think uh, having an upbeat playlist, something that you find calming, reassuring in the car. Audio is always good in the car if you feel safe to have something playing. I like to listen to lectures or audiobooks when I'm driving, then my mind is uh, nourished. I like to take in information while I'm driving. I particularly enjoy doing that. And also uh, affirmations can be helpful. And in the Overcome Your Fear of Driving mini course that we have available on Patreon, Shan, you recorded some affirmations for safe and relaxed driving, which are available there. So you can download those and have them available in the car. I think it's really helpful to have some encouragement coming in your ears if you're, if you're driving along. So consider what audio you want to have with you. Something that really helped me after quite a few years of um, struggling with my health, with uh, chronic illness, I wasn't able to drive for a long time. And I never felt I could get back behind the wheel and begin again. When I did, it was quite overwhelming. I waited until I was absolutely sure I was safe and okay to drive. And as you suggest, Shan, I took some local small trips. And then the day would come when my daughter would say, you know, Ma, can you take me here? Or can you drive me to friends? And it'd be a bit further afield, a journey I wasn't so familiar with or necessarily so keen on as I was getting used to being back behind the wheel. So we made up a little game. We called it the checkpoint game. Let's uh, chunk it down as we go. So we'd have a certain bridge or a roundabout or a church en route if it was a fairly familiar route. And that would be like a checkpoint that, that broke the journey down. So there's one particular journey we used to do, and it was broken down into about eight sections. And it was like when I got to a certain set of traffic lights, I knew, okay, that's that bit done. And then the next bit's the church, next bit's the bridge. And that really helped me just chunking it down into short lengths. That's really smart. Yeah, my daughter would sometimes make a funny noise at the checkpoint, you know, go past the, <laughs> go past the church and she'd go, ding, 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 checkpoint. And, but it really helped. It helped keep it light. It helped keep it attainable. And yeah, she soon uh, knew that that would help her get her transportation that she needed. <laughs> it, right, right. We just broke it down into, into little steps. But I remember sometimes driving on my own, there'd be a certain homeward journey I'd have to do. It'd be about 40 minutes. So I'd break it down into 10-minute chances. Okay, when I get to this point, I know I'm a quarter done. Oh, no, I'm halfway done. Just breaking things down and checking in with that. It can help. It really can. There's just a couple more things. If you have a cell phone with you, please turn your cell phone off or set your autoresponder for incoming texts. It's really important that you stay focused on driving and you, you know your phone will be there when you get to your destination. Please just leave that alone. You don't need to to play with your phone while you're driving. Uh, the other thing is to continually check in with your body. Check in for mm-hmm. building tension. Uh, relax your jaw. Drop your shoulders. Continue to take nice, deep, healthy breaths. That's going to really, really help. Um, if you start to feel a little uncomfortable, you can always use the calming point at traffic lights and stops. There's so many things you can do to support yourself. And, and we invite you to you know, listen to this episode again if you're a new driver or if you're a driver who 
hasn't driven in a while, needs to get back out. There's so much good information here. And we're with you. You can do this. You've got this. Thank you so much for listening. And Ananga, thank you again for another episode and sharing. Until we slay again. Thank you.